Welcome to Evil Crazy Genius and today I'm joined by Brendan. He is the voice and the face of Master Talk, a YouTube channel about public speaking. He's a life engineer, a masterful orator, and he asked himself one hard question a day until his life was changed. So you're a professional public speaker, right? How did you fall into this? Did you trip and fall and we're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, well, how did it happen? Like, were you shy yeah. growing up? <laughs> I love your question. So yeah, I guess I guess we're the. I watched story. your videos. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I think. <laughs> anyway, so so when I started, I, yeah. I think that's a good way of thinking about it. So I grew up in a city called Montreal, as you probably know. And for those who don't know, Montreal is one of the few cities in the world where you speak multiple languages. And I didn't know French, so my parents looked at me and they said, "Well, Brendan." You got to go to French school. I kind of just looked at him and said, uh, okay. So not only was it uncomfortable presentations like most of us, I had to present in a language I didn't know. So you'd see me in like grade one or grade two, just looking at people and going, uh, bonjour. And that was my life for, for most of it. So how did the professional speaking thing happen? So when I went to university, I started doing these things called case competitions. Think of it like, uh, how do you explain this? Professional sports, but for nerds, right? So other guys my age, like, play basketball. Debates? Think of it like that. It's like for business. It's like a business gives you a problem, and then you have to solve the problem. Ah, so there's, okay. So a lot Master of European schools. Sorry? Masterminds. Mas- so, sort of. Let, let's go okay. with that, sure. Let's go with that. So anyways, there's a lot of schools in, in Europe who, who do these competitions. I, I can't really name any from Spain. I think I forgot a lot of them. But but the idea is a lot of these things, they come together. Oh, Navarra is one of them. That just came to mind, right? So many of those universities compete in these competitions. And I was the king of nerd there. So I was like, so think of me like professional sports, but for nerds, right? So I would do all these presentations for fun. So I presented a bunch of times. I coached a lot of people in communication. And then after I got a job in the corporate world after university, so I graduated two years ago. But then after I started working in the corporate world, I kind of just said, eh, well, how can I make a difference in the world? And then I noticed the public speaking information on YouTube was terrible. So I started making videos in my mother's basement. One thing led to another and I became a professional speaker. That's pretty much the journey. <laughs> yeah, but how did you learn it? Like... How did it happen? So it wasn't basically the struggle of trying to learn French. Right. So, so basically what happened was when I, when I started doing those, these case, con- let me give you more context. So mm-hmm. let's say there's 8,000 students in a business school, right? There's 80 people in this program. So this is like the top 1% of everyone there. And everyone in that group is a really good presenter. Right, so we would work together in teams. We would be every day. I was pretty. Think of me like the Michael Jordan nobody gives a shit about, in the sense that like Michael was really obsessed about basketball, but people care about basketball. I had that same level of obsession with presentations, except nobody cares about presentations. Right, so every day I was either coaching somebody or working on presentations, and that's how I learned how to, these presentation skills because I was a maniac. Like I probably had done like fifty of these competitions myself right? During my mm. university time, which wasn't too long ago. And that's how I learned public speaking, essentially. So if you got, it's like a, any skill that you like. If you're around, if, if everyone around you is just a top 1% speaker, you kind of be like, well, I don't want to be top 5%. I don't want to suck. So I have to get better. And you can think of me as like the dictator of that whole thing. 
So you have the whole program, the 80 people, and then you have me, who was the dictator of that whole thing. So I was like the guy, the maniac, like choosing who gets into the program, who doesn't. People who tell me like they get like they want Christmas off, I wouldn't let them in the program. Like I was nuts. It's a complete nutcase, which I love. I miss it a lot, by the way. But it was the point. Why is, didn't you stay? I you can't. It's like it's like being a professional athlete. Mm. There's a there's an expiration date. Like when when you're done university, right? As you will soon. Like you, you can't do cases anymore. All you can do is coach, which wasn't as interesting. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, but is, there's a Mensa society, right? And you don't really expire from there. There is a what? There's a society called Mensa, if I'm not mistaken. Men's cycle? <laughs> yeah, Men's cycle. That's exactly it. What Mensa. Like Mensa. Men, like plural, and then S-A altogether. Mensa. Like so for what very is gifted people. Is that like a society or something? Yeah, it's it's more of like once you qualify by getting like over something like I think over one hundred forty IQ, then you get into that society. You go to events. You, <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're a kid or an adult. Yeah, it's a thing. And then they compete that against sounds- each other and like how little parties and stuff that sounds really boring why would i ever join a group that is measured on iq that's not even a form of intelligence in my opinion but sure (laughs) and my iq is probably really low if i'm being honest it's probably like 70 or something so i don't think i would get it checked (laughs) (laughs) are you you a part of this uh secret society no 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 i discovered it way too late so oh too bad yeah and I don't so like societies, so hey, all right, <laughs> there, we there we yeah. go. Yeah, I wouldn't join if I could. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I definitely won't qualify, so I won't even bother apply. You should try it out, maybe, maybe, maybe. Hmm. So well, okay, I don't know this, but the person with the highest IQ in the world is a janitor. So I mean, there's really? nothing wrong with that. Yeah, look it up. <gasps> that's cool. Maybe he's yeah. so smart. He was like, just like, oh my god, that's. Everything is a matrix. There's no point in like trying to get points in this game. I'm just, I really, I'm really OCD. I love cleaning. So I'm just going to enjoy this. That's, that's a good, I mean, I don't know. So I wouldn't be able to say, but that's yeah, probably, probably something like that. Like, I think a lot of probably. smart people are very OCD. I mean, according to my own empirical data. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty OCD. Look at me. I got like a sweatshirt on. I'm on a mattress. So pretty OCD as it gets but like then again I'm not smart because I'm not in that Mensa thing so oh well you you have your choices like you have your options to get there maybe there you maybe you can talk your way into it <laughs> <laughs> they're like sorry Brittany, have you, you ever talked your way into something because I feel like I, I definitely had it in my life like what did you talk yourself into? So many things, so many things. Tell me, what are the craziest, like weirdest? Uh, I wish, most- I wish I was as interesting as you, Lisa. But it wasn't uh, nothing super interesting. So uh, I remember there's one time. Yeah. I, I don't gamble, but we're at, we're at in the city, and mm. I went to this. They we were into this casino, and I was of legal age. <laughs> they still didn't <laughs> let me in. So what I did was. Why? Uh, I don't know. They're, oh no, they're actually I do know. They're they're kind of dumb. <laughs> So they were. So I have a Quebec ID. So uh, for those who know, sorry, Quebec is the province for Montreal within yeah. Canada. 
So when they looked at my Quebec driver's license, they kind of just said, what's Quebec? Like, this doesn't count. I was like, dude, I'm like in the next, I'm like in the province right next to you. Like, it's, do you not, like, do you not know how to read French? It's just, mm. anyways, so, so what I did, I guess, I guess it was really like, I guess it really wasn't like a, like I talked my way into it. I just went back in and I put somebody's glasses on and they just let me through. It was the stupidest thing. <laughs> and you wow. know what the worst part was? We stayed in the casino for like seven minutes. The most exciting part of that whole thing was just getting in. And then we just left. <laughs> it's very That's like basically with anything or in life, really. It's just very But well one thing I can tell you that I did talk my way into, and I think yeah. that's what I've realized with YouTube, is you mm-hmm. don't need a lot of subscribers to be perceived as famous. That's one thing I found really fascinating. Because obviously, like I don't have that many Tell subs me I've been using. Right. So what I mean by that. So yeah. let's say you got let's say you got a podcast, right? Which is what this is, right? And you have a ten thousand dollars. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. Let's say. Let's say you have ten thousand hmm. dollars. Sorry, ten thousand downloads, not dollars. No, give the me idea- dollars, it's fine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever. Kidding. But the point of driving <laughs> is nobody cares. Right, if mm. you have ten thousand downloads, because nobody knows what a podcast is. There's only a few number of people that are like, "Oh, these people are famous," but most people they don't care. But if you're a YouTuber and you have a thousand subscribers, not like a million, like a thousand, people go, "Whoa, whoa, one second, like, what's your YouTube channel?" <laughs> then they look you up. Whereas when you say you got a podcast, nobody cares. They're just like, "Okay, whatever. What's a podcast? Do you like talk to people? Like, I could do that." So, anyways, so because of that. You know, and people have me on shows, which is so weird. It's kind of, I guess, uh, very odd. They treat me like I'm some kind of famous person. They go, well, you know, very excited and honored to tell the founder of that. They didn't look you up. And and I'm sitting here. They ask you to (laughs) elevator pitch yourself. And you're like, I'm a YouTuber. They're thinking "Mm, millions of views. Okay, okay. So... And that I'm guy here sitting. Has influence, that there you go. Money, right? That guy has it's everything. Definitely... I better treat him well, like, otherwise he's gonna like put his fans into my path. Yeah. Right. And I'm just here sitting on a mattress, thinking, "Huh, this is so fascinating. Why? Why is that?" So, so I, I've been fascinated by this whole like, I, like I've talked myself into very big shows in the last mm-hmm. couple of months, and I, there's not really like I'm not saying I'm dumb or anything. Like, like I have good content on my channel, but I meant more of the you sense do. of like. It's just been like, it's just been a weird, it's this weird in-between state where you kind of like, you're not really there, but people think you're there and they treat you like that. And you're kind of just like, this is so bizarre. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's the most exciting part of my life. It was, I'm thinking now if there's anything else that I've talked myself into, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) You should start talking yourself into stuff. Like, have you heard of this guy? His name is Uber Butler. He's British. Uber Butler, no, yeah. doesn't ring well. He basically was a YouTube vice and news sensation in UK and worldwide as well because he basically pranked everybody by creating this fake restaurant that never existed. But he just like created a, like a huge like I think it was Yelp page or TripAdvisor, and he put a lot of reviews because he was a copywriter or something, and and he pretended like was there actually wasn't and he took reservations as it was like limited capacity uh, yeah and, and he did the same thing with so many things he went to the fashion shows pretending that he was like a really famous designer just by creating that entourage and people believed him and i think that's like a the craziest thing like nowadays you can buy thousands of fake followers show it to people people will not check 
because they don't care or they don't know how to. They will pay, pay you so much money in sponsorships. But when you scroll through the comments, it's like, oh, I love this boy. And it's actually a girl in the picture, you know? So it's obviously super fake. But people really, really don't care. Like the numbers on the screen are much more important that, than the person in front of them. Like they're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah, you know, they say yeah, like it's, it's all about the entourage and framing. It's all so about crazy. status. It's all status and and different hmm. cultures. Like there's a great guy named Seth Godin, as you look into if you're not familiar with his work. But he basically talks about this idea of the world operates on status. Mm. Right. And based on where the culture is at, we're going to measure life through different means. So social media, and I always say this on shows, isn't a bad thing. Right. It's a different no. mirror. Right. Social media is just what having a BMW was like in the 1980s. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same measure of status. It's a mirror. Right. So it's the same thing. It's just now different. Now it's different metrics. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you can just hack it as well. You don't have to play the game, you know, fairly. Yeah. <laughs> that's there the funniest thing. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, th- I think the idea is it depends what game you're playing. So, for example, if you're at the knowledge industry like me, buying followers doesn't get you anywhere. Cause it's no, just it doesn't. Easy, right? But if you're like an Instagram model or something, mm. yeah, that could work. I don't see that not working. I mean, actually, I think buying followers could work for anyone. That's fair. Even in the knowledge industry, just like for the first kickoff because of that, like, um, I guess social proof thing because people will see that oh there's more people interested in it. Snowball. I mean that could be true. So yes. I look forward to, to <laughs> your well I look forward to your uh, success then. Can be posted. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Why would I? I mean, I don't know. If you want to be famous, it's up to you. I don't want. <laughs> That's the <a> thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so. Boom. All right. Tell me what are you lately inspired about? Mm. Or by? Yeah, I, I think for me, inspiration is pretty constant and consistent. So what I mean by that is... Like, there's a couple of things that inspire me and that changes all the time. There's always a consistent one. So I'll give you one that's recent. So anyways, I was having a, fr- a chat with my friend the last couple of days, and he was asking me this really stupid question. Right? It was like, uh, he was like, how do you think like the next, it wasn't really stupid, it was actually pretty interesting, but I found it stupid, so, or not interesting. He was just like, you know, you got like millennials, Gen Z, I wonder how mm. the next generation is going to behave, or was going to be like. And I kind of just said, well, who cares? But it came to this interesting insight which I got and I wrote down on a piece of paper, which is often the questions that we ask ourselves that other people find stupid are the questions we should be asking more of. Mm. So for give example, me one. Yeah, so I'll give you a question that I care about that probably most people don't give a shit about. And the yeah. question is, what is the world's easiest problem to solve? Right? So a lot of people, they go like, oh, you know, I'm really passionate about this thing. I'm really passionate about that. Oh, you know, if there's a wildfire, I should focus on, like they're all kind of... Uh, lost and stuff. Whereas me, I kind of just say, you know, if you look at every single problem in the world, given that I'm not living for a very long time, might as well solve something. So I just always ask myself, what is the world's easiest problem to solve? And that led to a bunch of other things. But I think the idea is just, uh, yeah, ask yourself questions that other people find stupid. I think uh, 
think you'll get some cool insights. That's that's what's been inspiring. I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's a very reasonable question because then if you can find something easy to solve, you don't feel overwhelmed by the problem. You can easily do it yourself and like pass it on to others. So it could be a really nice chain reaction. Plus, if you ask it to other people, that's like when you ask that question, even though it was a rhetoric question as I take, um, I still thought of my answer. You see, like, so I think the power of asking questions is like, even though the person might not give you the answer, they will think of one because we're programmed of in we're programmed to develop solutions to problems and questions. And that's why you should like speak your problems out loud as well, because even though like that person doesn't actually want to help you or don't, they don't have the energy to, they will just automatically think of a solution and like deliver it to you just because they can't help themselves. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't know the science behind that, but, but I agree. Like, but you're the exception. I mean, you're the podcast host. So you like the questions all the time. What I meant to say, stupid to the average person. So like, for example, why are red buttons red? It's just like why? Why red buttons? Why are red buttons like on a shirt? Red, like it's just like buttons. I was like, what are red buttons? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's that's uh, that's a great question. Also, I don't know. But the point is, that's what's been inspiring me lately, and I guess consistently, it's just doing important shit. I think that's that's what drives me, and that's what I find interesting. Hmm. What is important for you? Hmm. I'd love to ask you the question back, but I guess for me. What's important to me? I mean, everyone's going to have different answers to that. But I think for me, it's just, I want to die having done important stuff. Like I work What's a lot. Important? Right. What is important? I mean, that is subjective. Yeah, because that's the thing. I work a lot too. And sometimes I definitely do feel like I'm not doing something important. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just like stuck in these mundane tasks that I have like just lists and lists of things of like priorities and whatnot. And then once I'm done with all that, I feel like, oh, I've did a lot of things that other people wanted, or I did a lot of things that I had mm-hmm. to do that like the government wants me to do, or the bank wants me <laughs> to do, or like to do. my body. Yeah. Like my body <laughs> wants me to buy, go and buy food or whatever. But at the same time, like, I'm like, well, have I done anything that filled my soul in a way? I mm-hmm. think that that's what important to me. You know, whatever fills my soul. So mm. if there's something that after after what I I feel like, whoa, like my my either soul, my heart, or my energy reserve has grown, then definitely that was an important task to do. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Uh, for me, I play a lot more simpler. I, I just use Elon's framework. I like the way he lives Ew. his life in the sense of whatever moves the human race forward. I mean, we don't know what we're here for. We're going to die in a couple of years. Might as well help the people. A couple of years. Very realistic with COVID here. Oh, yeah. No, I don't <laughs> think COVID's years, that bad. Just like, mm. uh, no, I always just, uh, that's, it's just one thing I do, at least. I always assume I'm going to die young. So it allows, it forces me to keep going. So it just happened with my unique experiences in my life that that thing was communication. It wasn't to like bring like a commu- like a spaceship in the sky or some shit. It was just, okay, like, let me help some people out communicate better. I got better over time. And I was like, oh, maybe I could share this with the world. And then here we are on this podcast. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But what's important to you? Is it helping people? Is it helping people to become better? It, what what helps you, you know? 
Right. I think, uh, you know, that's, those are the usual bucket list types, you know, like serving and helping other people and all that stuff is mm-hmm. great. And I love it. But I think the big thing for me is working on shit that matters, that advances the human race forward, that selfishly benefits me. I think that's a good way of putting it. So let's say, for example, Master mm-hmm. Talk, if you think about the channel, I always say that the person who needs Master Talk the most is not the person who watches the videos. It's me. For without Master Talk, who am I? It's not even about that, but I feel like your channel also like pushes you to become a better person, to learn more information so you can convey it to like the people who are watching. That's are also watching or not, that's a secondary question. Right. I mean, that's totally fair too. Right. So, so I think that's, uh, there's a lot of questions you've asked that I need to think about also after the show, but I think like as a deeper reflection, but I think the idea is just what I think the lesson I want to put out there for people is, you know, what's important to me versus what's important to you is going to be very different. But I think the issue with most people is they don't even have that list for themselves. Right. Like for me, yeah. just, mm. just to give like a more granular thing, what do I do for fun? I can karaoke in eight languages. I dance alone in my basement. I have four hour Why long are they eight languages? Right, sure. Okay. Stop right sure. there. Right, okay, we'll get a stop right. So I speak English, French, and Tamil. And then in addition, I can karaoke in Korean, Mandarin, Japanese, Hindi, and Spanish. Okay, somebody watched a lot of anime. <laughs> yeah, I love anime actually. So much. Yeah. Well, I can tell by your karaoke skills, man. Yeah, no, Death Note is the most important. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's that's not accurate for sure. <laughs> anyways, that's how the, I imagine it to be. So it's accurate to me. It's my reality. That's, man. that's uh, I mean, sure, if that's important to you. But anyways, the, the idea is, yeah, like I know what's important to me, right? It's just like I have six friends. I spend 18 hours a day working. I spend one, hour, one of those hours walking with my mom and sister. Mm-hmm. And I just make YouTube videos. I guest on a bunch of shows and I have long dinners with friends and I yell at them while everyone else is watching. It's just, it's just basically what makes me happy. And for you, that's going to be different for everyone else is listening. It's for the seven people who are watching, it's going to be different too. So it's all Definitely. about figuring out what, what that is for you. What moves you? So why communication? Why, what's so important about communication? What, how does it change people's lives? Mm, right. So, so the way that it's not I financial education, is it? Like it's communication. <laughs> how is it? How is that useful? Communication is everything. Forget the presentations. It's what you, mm. we're doing right now, right? It's, it's the conversations we have about bizarre topics. It's the long conversations we have with our families. It's the tough conversations we have with the people that we love. Communication has very little to do with presentations. It's every interaction of everything that you do. So yeah, I do think communication is important to some degree. What's so funny though? You're like communication is important uh, to some degree. I don't know. I just, I just I'm just giddy. You just uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like I can't believe it, but it is, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to respond. I just got to say, yeah, you're right. I just, uh, I don't know. I just like laughing at things that aren't funny. It's just, uh, it's just a thing. Part of the important things you do in life. Yeah, I don't do many important things in life. I just make YouTube videos in my mother's basement and I talk to, to people like you. That's basically my day to day. It is what it is, as long as it's important. There you go. That's the key. <laughs> Right. So tell me what, what is the latest like resource or like, let's say YouTube channel, huh? uh, a book, a song, anything like an article 
anything that you observed and like it changed your life? Yeah, sure. So, so book, I would say that the, the biggest book or the biggest, the most important book I've ever read in my life is a book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Scott's work. I think Scott's a really important human being in the world right now. He's uh, the CEO of Charity Water. And I think what's interesting about the guy is the only person you're following on Instagram. That's correct. He is the only person I'm following on Instagram. Yeah, I just, I just really like the work that he's doing, and I think I think I just think he's a savant when it comes to storytelling, marketing, branding. Mm-hmm. You know, so I th- and it's also an inspiring read of hope rather than pessimism and negativity and garbage that most people spit these days. That's fair. Yeah. What was the aha moment from that book, though? Uh, probably the quote at the end. He said, "He said the goal is not to live forever, but to create something that will." And I thought that that meant a lot mm. to me. So I said, "Ah, that's cool. Should probably that's nice. should probably do that." Yeah. <laughs> that's good bet on YouTube, though. Sorry, I said it's a good bet on YouTube, though. Sounds looks like it's bet. gonna live forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hope. We'll see. Yeah, it's one of those pra- platforms that doesn't seem to be like MySpace. So. Yeah, we'll see. Let's let's pray. Well, worst case, I have the video, so I can always upload them somewhere else. It's not a big. To give a little bit of tips, what is for you a huge difference between good communication and bad communication? A good chat and a bad chat. Right. So, so there's a couple of Give things there. So, <laughs> the so, how about I give you the easiest tip that everyone can implement for those of you for? No, give me the hardest one. Like who? The hardest stuff. Yeah, don't trust me. The easy stuff is the stuff most people can't do. Right. So there's two things, right? So one is networking because you asked about good chats. Where do good, do good conversations come from? And the other part is public speaking. So let's start with public speaking. That's mm. easy to solve. Okay. There's a method that I use that I teach people called the puzzle method. So public speaking in many ways is like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, those thousand piece puzzles, right? That you do with your family or something. So if I asked you, Lisa, if you were doing that puzzle yourself with your friends or somebody, which pieces would you start with first and why? Oh, I'm the weird case. I start with random ones and I never look at the picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how so, do you, yeah. how do, let me rephrase. How do you think a normal person would just want to that question? <laughs> Maybe the corners. The... Right. And why do you think they would answer that? Hmm? Why do you think they would answer that? Because there is one side that doesn't fit anything else. So it's like, it's obvious that it's the corner. So right. start with the obvious shit. Yeah, start with the obvious shit. I like how you phrase that because that's true. So the question we need to ask ourselves is why don't we do that in presentations? We have a presentation in two days at school or at work. So what do we do? We start with the middle. We shove a bunch of content. And then we get to the presentation. We get to the last slide and it sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks. Strange school. <laughs> that's like... So, <laughs> so thanks. That's like 97% of all the presentations you watch. That's if why. you're in France. Or if Canada, to be honest. If I've, I've uh, been on, friends yeah, or Canada, just, yeah, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's like a French. Uh, but there's the point is, right? mm-hmm. same. Why don't we do that in public speaking? So we need to start treating our preparation like jigsaw puzzles. Start with the corners first. Practice your introduction fifty times, not five times, not three times. Fifty times. It takes a minute. It'll take you an hour. You're done. Do the same thing with the conclusion. Because what's a great movie with a terrible ending? A terrible movie. Do the same thing. 50 times and then after you'll look at yourself and go well i'm pretty good at this public speaking thing then tackle the middle and then you solve the public speaking puzzle simple you could do that with all of your presentations for the rest of your life 
Now what you asked the other part, good conversation versus bad conversation. So I have a different perspective on things. I think of it very differently. So let's expand on that. Let's say you live for 50 years. Okay, let's just, like, I hope you live longer, but let's say we live for 50. And every day, this is optimistic, right? We get to meet one new person every day. Chances are we won't. Chances are we probably don't. But let's just be optimistic here. So every year you meet 300 people. And I don't want to, to make this a calculus class or anything, but if you do 50 years times 300 people, the answer that you get is 15,000. So the question about conversations, Elisa, is not, how do I get every person to like me? You know, I hope Elisa likes me right now as I'm talking. No, no, no. The real goal is to ask yourself, who do you want those 15,000 people to be? Because you're going to be dead in 50 years, and there's billions of people out there, and there's only 15,000 people that you get to talk to. Who do you want those people to be? What values do those people have? How do you define a good conversation? What does that look like to you? And that is how you build relationships with the people that you're meant to talk to. So for me, I'm a pretty straight shooter. I only like positive, purpose-driven people. So people who aren't doing important shit, people who don't care about helping other people are probably not people I should be talking to because there's more than 15,000 people who are like that out there. So my advice for good conversation is filter. Filter, filter, filter. Go through a bunch of bad people and then you find one person that, re- that collects the same pens as you, that has that weird obsession that you do with pens for some reason, and then have that person introduce it to all their pen collecting friends. You got all the best friends that you need in your life. Boom. So you're practically saying statistics and on top of statistics, filtering. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's, it's, hmm. But still, there is an art of good conversation, even though you may find somebody who's very like you. Yes, I think it's, it makes sense to mingle with people that you feel like you have more in common with. But the question is, what if you don't want to be like those people? What if you want to change? And you want to get into another social circle. You want to become somebody else and you need to communicate with that person. Then what? Hmm? Same thing. Re- re- do the exercise again. Like redefine, figure out one of those people, talk to one until one of them wants to talk to you and then have them introduce you to everyone else. It's the same rules, same rules. Mm-hmm. It's the same game. But one thing I'll add, the reason why I don't talk about conversation topic specifics is because I don't think most people, I mean, not topics, but rather what is the art of good conversation? What are the people skills that I use right now to get people to like me is because they don't matter for most people. Most people are uncomfortable to do that, right? Most people don't, it doesn't really matter to them enough to talk to everyone, get everyone to like them, or maybe it is for some, but I would recommend at the beginning, find the five, 10 people who will just love you regardless and then you could focus on talking to people in some magical way that that gets them to like you. Yeah. Have a social like sur- support circle, I guess. Yeah. Like for me, I got really lucky in life. You know, that's not something I give myself credit for. I know who those people are. So I don't really need to go out there and go look for more friends. Like I don't really care. I kind of just sit on a mattress all day and do Man, interviews. And <laughs> that's something that always puzzled me. It's it's something that <laughs> I like how you said puzzled. <laughs> Sorry. It did. Yeah, jigsawed me. How about that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I like how you're <laughs> using 
No, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, yeah, like, um, cause right now I live in Spain and I've lived in Netherlands for a year. The, the thing that I've heard the most in Netherlands that completely blew my mind was exactly what you've just said. A lot of people told me, oh, I have my six, seven friends. I'm not looking for more. And I was like, what do you mean you're not looking for more? You're, you're not, you, you don't want to go and grab a coffee and exchange like stories about your lives and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But they were like, no, I've got my social circle. And Spain is the opposite, basically. I think like people do have maybe like one or two very close friends, but the majority of people are acquaintances. They still call them friends. And it's so easy to make friends. It's like, oh, I like you. Okay, let's hang out, you know? So it's like a, a weird conundrum. But I've heard that phrase so often, like people saying like, I've got enough friends. Like, I don't need more. <laughs> right. So so let, let's kind of clarify something because I like what you said that. That was super fascinating how you kind of compared both cultures there. So the way that I see it is definitely the Spain analogy with more Amsterdam friends. So, so the way that I approach it is I'm not going to have one or two close friends. We're going to have six, but everyone else is still a friend. They're still like, like if you had approached me and you said, hey, let's get a coffee. Let's I was like, yeah, let's course, let's go do that, right? But then if you want me to like talk to you every week and like have like these deep, beautiful, like three hours every week, then I was like, then I was like, no, right? Because it's just like, mm-hmm. I have like six people I need to focus my attention on. So it's kind of, but what you, you, the nuance that you added, that's super fascinating to me, by the way, is this idea of figure out what that nuance is for you. Right. Like, what What's is that, that magic in- for you? Oh, that's that's interesting. So for me, it's it's definitely like the the Spain version of it with mm-hmm. the Amsterdam number of friends. So I have my support group now, so I don't really need any friends in the sense of like buddies that I can talk to every week. I have that. It's cool. Yeah, but, but why are you saying it's enough? That's the thing that is like for me. Like I feel like human relationships are so ever changing. At least like, that's how I see them now. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it will change in a couple of years. But I feel like it's it's such a limiting belief to say like oh like I have enough friends because I don't feel like you can ever have enough. You can always have somebody who can maybe fit you better or can support you better or maybe like you can be you you can grow apart with your old friends. I don't know. Maybe you have a, do you have, I think, I feel like you're disagreeing. We have, we're, we're, we're both saying the same mm. thing. The issue is that our yeah. definition of what a friend is, is completely different. That's okay, what I'm pushing. Me. So it's not like you're wrong. I'm right. Or I'm wrong. You're right. No, no, I no. Get it. We're just having different. So let me, let me, okay. How about instead of try? okay, let me try and guesstimate what your definition of a friend is. And then I'll compare it with mine. Okay. No. And it's very, trust me, it's going to be different. And then you could add on to what your definition. So your definition of friend is, you know, Somebody wants to hang out. Somebody wants to have deep conversations with you. You know, people that, you know, you really enjoy spending time with. You know, you go to parties with them. You go to bars with them, dinners with them, coffees, you know, just like lots of fun times and just a positive overall person. Did I miss anything in that definition? Was there you something you want to add? Because I don't want to put really words in you. really trust them, I guess, really and rely on them. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. So what does rely mean to you? You can call them at three in the morning and say, pick me up from the hospital. I've had an accident okay. or something. Okay, again, knock on wood. Okay, cool. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so we have a pretty similar definition, but the argument I make based on you know how I lived my life, I don't think a lot of people can make that definition. Like if I'm being straight up honest with you, I've met thousands of people in my life 
if somebody called me at 3 a.m. and said they were had a car accident, I would only do that for seven people. Mm. I wouldn't do that for more. I just wouldn't. Because they just it's just a good not a good use of my time or just but maybe you're different. You're just amazing and there's like two hundred people in your life that you like if they called you at three AM and you know, for some reason I hope that doesn't happen. They all get into car accidents, you would just yeah. go to every hospital. And you know, if that's who you are, I don't wanna take away from that. In fact, I respect you more for it. But you know, for me, just being truthful here, like I don't think I don't think it's uh, I don't want to say it's the right way or the wrong way. I, for me, okay, let's let's do it from my perspective. For me personally, I don't think there's that many people in the world who would be willing to go that far for somebody else. Hmm. I don't. Interesting. I yeah, think everyone's but- willing to do it, by the way, for their small group of pals. Like, oh, I have of a course. lot of, like, yeah. for example, like, if you emailed me next week, I would answer. I would have... But like, if, if you had said like, "Hey, like, can you fly to Barcelona next week?" Like, so I was like, "No, like, I'm not going to go to Barcelona, <laughs> right?" You know, versus you're not adventurous, man. That's a no, versus, <laughs> and that's totally that's totally. I'll take the criticism, right? Whereas, <laughs> let's say my my friend's getting married next year, hmm. and he was like, and you know, I, I get paid good amounts for my speaking gauge, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you could totally miss it, you know, because you speak a day." And I was like, "Dude, if, even if they gave me a million bucks that weekend." I would not go to the event. I would rather go to your wedding. I mean, you're getting married once. So it's like, but he's like one of eight people, right? Was mm-hmm. anyone else, if they were getting married, I would take the million bucks, right? It's just, so I don't think that's a right or wrong. I think it's about, once again, I think that's the focal point of this conversation. Define that for yourself. Whatever mm-hmm. maximizes your happiness. If for you, Elisa, you're like, you know, I want 25 people who would come to my hospital bed if I was like, you know, I was sick or something, then you need to go find those 25 people. I personally don't think I need that. I just don't want, actually, no, I don't need, I don't want that. I want like six to eight people, like the people I know I can trust a hundred percent that know exactly who I am and everyone else. I still add value. I'm still super happy. I'm so positive, but I want to go out of my way. Hmm. Interesting. But I, do you feel like those people are permanent, like in your life or because is it like one of those groups that you grew up with and you carried them through your life or is it something that is like it kind of like def definitely it's a mix of the two so it's a great what's mm-hmm. a great question so it's a mix of the two for me right mm-hmm. so uh, let's say there's six seven people this is outside family and outside like people that i'm blood relatives with right so those six seven people are very different so one of them i've known for a decade most of them i've known for three five years so Sorry, but the the idea is you're right in the sense that most people in your life and your journey, you know, they they might not be a fit anymore, and that's definitely happened to me, by the way. Hence, why my list of friends is very tiny. I I don't talk to a single person from when I went to high school. I think one, maybe two, definitely not in the double digits. <laughs> definitely not in the double digits, just because of where I wanted yeah. to go in life, right? Because I'm like mm. crazy nuts and ambitious, whatever that is. And it's just not where humble. most of the humble, whatever. Yeah, sure. Criticize me. I'll take it. I'll take the I'm criticism. I'm not criticizing. But it's but it the point of noticing. The point that I'm driving, fair enough. I'll take it. I'll take it. But as the point of driving is, you're right. Not everyone is permanent. I just think in my case, with the three, mm-hmm. to, those, like, you know, those six people, definitely permanent from this point forward. Because once again, I got lucky. They just all happen to have growth mindsets. They all just want to get better all the time. They're just amazing people. And I'm honestly very grateful that they even consider me a friend. Like I'm just very fortunate. But I think the idea is just for you, what do you want that to be? 
Whereas if you told me that three years ago, I would have given you a different answer. I, I would have, have said, yeah. I would have been like, oh, no, I don't. I think everyone's disposable outside of my family. Honestly, I would have said that. Right. I don't think everybody is disposable. I think the, it's just like just once again, we're using different yeah. definitions. So people look at disposable and they go, "Oh no, Brenda's just rude to everyone." No, 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 no. I get what like, you're saying, but I'm right saying away. like, I don't think that people are disposable. But I feel like there is definitely some element of disposability right. because they're still human. They still are vulnerable. They still can yeah, die. Yeah, they can like bro. move. They can like their life can change. So that's like that was my point of saying like, why would you? completely cut, like shut off your opportunities of meeting somebody else who can like potentially enter like swap spots with somebody from your inner circle in case right, something right. happens you know and, in in that sense and, and once again that's not a bad like, not calculatedly at all <laughs> no, no no definitely like especially if that happens in your life there's definitely opportunity to do so mm-hmm. and everyone's circle is different it just happens to be in my case like I'm still open and I'm still help a lot of people and all that stuff, but I don't plan on swapping out my circle. <laughs> that's just me personally. And, um, and that's just based on the level of success I, I want in my life. And what I've noticed, and this is a good um, feedback and advice for people out there, is always compare yourself because comparison is a tool if you decide to use it in the right way to the person you want to be and see what they did. I'll give an example. Even if I don't like basketball, I think LeBron James has lived his life in a very interesting way in the sense that he still has the same friends that he had in high school. But once again, he got lucky like me that Mm -hmm. his friends just like stuck and they were all like amazing. They always supported his basketball career, which is insane if you think about it. When you're like 14, he's like, I'm going to be at the beat. Yeah, go LeBron. You got this. Like, it's crazy, right? And you know, he... You know, he's, he's dated his high school sweetheart, never remarried, and, you know, he's just had this amazing relationship with her. And he's never changed his inner circle. And that makes sense for someone like LeBron, because as you mentioned, you know, when people come up to him, he, you have to always understand from his position, you can't trust anybody. That's just the truth. Right. Like, yeah. you can't. And I know, that's not going to be my future, but that's definitely going to be my future on a very smaller scale. Yeah, sure. Master Talk's 4K now. It doesn't matter. What happens when it's 400? Hmm. When it's 4 million? You know, 100 people are, a day are going to ask me to be on their shows. And then I'll just be like, uh, yeah, sure. I'll say yes to this, this. And they'll be like, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And they don't know me. Right? So it's all about picking what is the model for relationships. And I'm glad you facilitated. It's really interesting because I never talk about this. It's like this whole model of relationship that works for the success that you want. So I know I'm going to be in that semi-pro level someday. So I'm preparing my relationships for that moment, which I don't think will take that long. Yeah, it's, you're practically like dressing up your life for the job it wants to have, like kind right. of repurposing that right. thing. And, and I love that you said that the reason I do that is because I know I'm not going to live for a long time. Fair. Yeah. Coronavirus month. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I get it. So you're basically you're saying that you're really into life engineering. That is so beautiful. I love that. I'm gonna steal that. That's great. Life engineering. Yeah, I definitely do. That that's that's so what cool. I, what I do to a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, I very much like that theme. That's definitely me. I'm very big on optimizing mm-hmm. my human potential because that's me. Whereas, you know, other people that I very much respect and are in my friend group are the opposite. Very free flowing, very like, uh, but Brenda, I support you. I love you. You're the best, but I'm just going to go surf next week. You know, they're very just, I'll be, and it, it works for me. 
right? Like my sister is the complete opposite of who I am. And I'm glad it is that way or else we'd probably be crazy. <laughs> we have much more disruptive households. So, uh, so yeah, I think the idea is, uh, yeah, you just got to go with whatever your vibe is. Hmm. Yeah. And creating that vibe yourself as well. Exactly. Why do you do change in your life and make it exceptional? So many things, but since we got like a three minutes here, I'll kind of give you the summary. So the <laughs> summary is the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you're willing to ask yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was watching, I was listening to this podcast, I think I was 17 or something. So this was uh, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the guy, Lewis Howes, asked this question to every single guest who comes on. And the question is called the three truths. So basically the question goes something like this. So Lisa, you've had this amazing life, you know, all the talk shows, the TV show, the podcast, the semi not famous life you wanted, you got everything you wanted. Okay. But now it's your last day, hundred years from now, you know, long time. And unfortunately, for some reason we don't understand everything that you said, did, or had a relationship with disappeared. We don't know why. So we have nothing to remember yet. We don't have the video. We don't have the books. We don't have the podcast. But you have a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, you can write down three things that you believe to be true about the world based on all of your experiences in life. And that is the only thing we'll have to remember you by. What would you write down that piece of paper? So that question was the beginning of my journey of asking thousands of questions about my life. I wrote my own funeral speech when I was 21. I asked myself questions like, what are you pretending not to know? If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? What does your perfect day look like? On and on and on. So the only habit I recommend people to do is not to fucking do yoga, because that's great and everything, and I love it. But every day when you wake up, ask yourself one hard question about life, and I guarantee you, in 30 days, you'll be a whole different person. Man, I'm going to do it myself, definitely. Yeah, and I'll send you the question because I because I, I know you'll take action on that. So I'll send you all my I questions. Will. I will. I'm already planning where I'm going to write it. Yeah. <laughs> I have this little journal and I, I do like the, the typical things like of the morning routine, like the affirmations, the, the things that will cool, make cool, this cool. day great, you know, like Love all it, that stuff. It. And like the priorities, like a couple of like what what will make me happy if I do it today as well. Right. That would be a really cool thing to add to it. Absolutely. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I'll send it to you like in a couple of hours. I'll send you the list and have fun with it. <laughs> oh yeah, I will. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then that's it basically. Cause I already asked you about the book and that's what I ask in the end. So click.